Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, everybody? And welcome into a special edition of the podcast. We'll call it B-Shape Daily, but it's really more of a offshoot as we get into conversations about football season. I talked about putting on the Patreon some Mizzou football talk, and that is going to happen. But after Saturday's loss to Kansas State and the demoralizing way in which it occurred, I am in no mental state to do that right now, not this week. We'll get into it as the season goes along if Mizzou gives us a reason to. And we can recap this if I get demand and people say, no, still talk about it because I want to hear how sad and miserable you are about Mizzou football. Maybe I can help you and we can commiserate on that. But what I want to do with this, it's more a practice for myself more than anything, get in the habit of doing it. I had said I want to get into some more sports betting content. And an easy way that I can do that is by running down my picks against the spread for every game of the NFL schedule each week. And so we'll start with week one, which kicks off a number of hours from now, as I record this close to 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. But I just want to run through, and it's an exercise that will help me as well, because if I look at a pick and I start to talk about it and I don't like it, I might even change it on the fly. So let's get right into it. I did have the Buffalo Bills minus the 2.5 over the Rams on Thursday. I just... There are a lot of questions about the Rams that I had coming into this game, despite the fact that it was at quote-unquote home for the Rams, which if you saw, there were more Bills fans there than Rams fans at the Stan Kroenke Dome in Los Angeles or Inglewood, wherever the hell. The Bills took that game 31-10. The Bills are one of the best teams in the league. I think they're the best offense in the AFC. You combine Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis. I think even Devin Singletary in the running game can, can give you some juice as well. He looked decent. I like Dawson Knox as a tight end. I think they have a really good defense. They have a great fan base and a good home field advantage. So the Bills are going to be very dangerous. Obviously, they were on the road in this game. For me, it's Matt Stafford. Questions about the elbow all offseason. They said, and they hyped him up right before the game and said he's fine. He got the PRP and he's going to be good to go. He didn't look good to go to me. Allen Robinson might be completely washed. I didn't see a lot that surprised me. Cam Akers was a non-factor. That was maybe a little surprising. I thought he'd at least play. I just thought he'd look bad. But to me, it means he's looked bad in practice, and that's why he didn't get much of a chance. So I got that one right, but easy for me to say because I didn't say it ahead of time. Let's get into the rest of the games on Sunday, though. I'm going to run through real quick, try to make this podcast really brief each week and see if it's something I can get into the habit of doing to keep myself a little bit accountable, having my picks be public and uh, letting people know where I am because I'm in a pool where... uh, you got to pick every single game against the spread each week. I'll tell you as well the games that I've I've got any money on. In addition to that, if I have place wagers, this week I think there's only one. I had the under in the Bills game, the Bills-Rams game. It was 51.5 when I got it, and uh, the final 31-10, to 10, that did hit. So that's my, my lone NFL bet, not counting parlays. Allen Robinson screwed me, got to be honest with you. It was... Uh, a, a same-game parlay, I needed Gabriel Davis. I needed Isaiah McKenzie. 
I need Allen Robinson to score touchdowns. The, the two Bills did their job. Allen Robinson was a non-factor, so that was frustrating. But I'll let you, I'll let you guys know what I'm doing, and uh, that way we can have a little fun, have a little additional content that uh, you can come to expect from me here on the channel. Let's dive into it, though. New Orleans at Atlanta. The Saints by five and a half. And again, the, the lines may have moved from this. This is the pool that I'm using uh, with a buddy of mine who who reached out to me and said, hey, play in this pool with me. I said, okay, sounds good. Saints by five and a half. Game is at Atlanta. I actually have the Falcons in this game. I don't know how good I feel about it. But you're talking about a team at home that's going to be catching five and a half points. It's one of the larger numbers of the week. Week one in the NFL, you don't usually see a ton of big numbers. And there's actually no game on the board that has a touchdown favorite. Everything is six and a half points or below. There's a few games at six and a half. This one's at five and a half. And the reasoning here for me is, A, Falcons at home. I don't think they're going to be a very good team this year. They might win three games. But I think they can keep it close against the Saints. And I think Marcus Mariota could be one of the reasons why. That connection with Kyle Pitts could be dangerous as well. I think the Falcons could surprise a little bit if Mariota is having a throwback season. He's looked good in camp. He does bring that dual threat aspect to the game. Again, I don't think a ton of this team, but I think five and a half points is too many. I'm nervous about it because I like that Saints offense. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas is going to play in the game, according to reports. Chris Olave is a good rookie, and Jameis can sling it. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but at home, I think five and a half points is just too many. So I'm going to lean with the Falcons in this one. Cleveland at Carolina. The Panthers are favored by two and a half. I don't love either of these teams. I do think the Baker Mayfield revenge narrative is interesting. He's with the Panthers now, had been with the Browns, kind of got run out of town on a rail when they decided to take on the uh, the sexual abuser in Deshaun Watson. He can't play in the game. So you're looking at Jacoby Brissett leading the Browns. I like the Browns defensively. I like the Browns roster better. But at quarterback, I mean, this is a quarterback-driven league. I actually think Baker Mayfield has a, a decent shot to do some good things. You you hook him up with Christian McCaffrey, who should be healthy and good to go. DJ Moore is a really talented, underrated wide receiver. I think the Panthers can win this game by at least a field goal, and so I am on the Panthers at home. San Francisco at Chicago. It's the Trey Lance show now in San Francisco, and I am a huge Trey Lance honk. I could end up being wrong about it. I tried to draft him in any fantasy league that I could. I feel like he's going to be really good. He, there's going to be some growing pains, and that could happen uh, this week at Chicago, honestly. And worst-case scenario is that damn turf at Shul uh, Soldier Field or grass or whatever they've got there causes a problem and Trey Lance gets hurt. That would be like the nightmare scenario. And the 49ers have had injury issues in the past, so I wouldn't be surprised to see some carnage happen in week one. I, I certainly hope that's not the case. But the 49ers are one of the most talented rosters in the, the NFC, in my opinion. And the Bears just did not do enough to supply Justin Fields with the talent around him that he needs. Offensively, love Darnell Mooney. I think Cole Komet is sneaky this year. But I just think San Francisco is too good on defense. They could harass Justin Fields if they don't come up with a really good game plan to get Justin Fields rolled out of the pocket to use his legs to continue to march the ball down the field. It could be difficult. Too many playmakers for the 49ers. I don't love taking a team on the road and, and giving up six and a half points. But I, with this roster, I am going to show my cards and my belief in the 49ers, and I'll take them in this game. Pittsburgh Steelers with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. They're heading to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Bengals favored by six and a half. I've got the Steelers on the road. 
I think the Bengals win this game, but I think Pittsburgh's got enough talent to keep it close. Uh, where that goes off the rails is Trubisky. He beats out Kenny Pickett for that starting job to begin the year. And typically when you see a rookie quarterback held behind another guy, it's because that other guy is going to play things safe. He's a good game manager and he's not going to wreck everything. That's not Trubisky. So this could go the other way pretty easily and we could end up seeing Kenny Pickett before long. But I think Trubisky's got the playmakers on that team to actually hold on to that job for a little while at least. I like the rookie George Pickens. You already have Deontay Johnson there. We'll see if he plays. Chase Claypool is another guy. And obviously Najee Harris, a really talented running back. Steelers always have good defense. I don't think they win the game, but six and a half points again, division rivalry. I don't know that this ends up being a blowout. And so I think Steelers can find a way to cover that spread. So that's what I am on for this one. Philadelphia at Detroit. I like the Eagles. I like the way they've revamped things. But the Lions are catching three and a half points at home. And I could see the Lions keeping this within a field goal. Dan Campbell, he's a lot of fun. If you're a hard knocks person, you've seen some of the personalities of this team come out. I think there's talent on the offense. Jared Goff is a question. We we kind of, honestly, he's not a question. We kind of know what he is. He's limited, but the guys around him aren't. DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, I think they've got some good players. TJ Hawkinson is another, and they've got a good mentality as a team. They're going to want to show out at home in this game. I don't know that they win it, but I could see them covering the spread. I'm taking the Lions in this one. Indianapolis at Houston, the Colts by seven and a half. I lied. That's the biggest number on the board. And again, on the road, that's a little bit scary to be giving away that many points. But I am going to take Indy here. I think Matt Ryan has a really good season. If they can get out ahead, they're going to let Jonathan Taylor do his thing. Don't sleep on Davis Mills of Houston, but I I can't. I can't in good conscience uh, go against the Colts in this one, despite the big number. So I am on Indianapolis there. Moving on down the board, New England at Miami, Dolphins by two and a half. I like the Dolphins' offense this year. Not a big fan of the Patriots' offense. Mac Jones, I like. They don't have anybody around him that I really trust. Interested to see Ramondre Stevenson and the opportunities that he might get in that offense, but they brought in Joe Judge, Matt Patricia. It's gross. I know it's a Belichick team, but I don't really trust what's going on there. On the other side, I think Tua can do a good job. He's got the weapons he needs. Tyree Kill's going to be really good there. Just get the ball in his hands. Same thing for Jalen Waddell. I trust Mike McDaniel. I like that they brought in Chase Edmonds. I think he and Raheem Mostert in the backfield can be dynamic. The Dolphins are going to surprise some people this season, and I feel pretty good about this line, minus two and a half. They got to win by a field goal. I think they can do more than that. So I am on Miami at home, taking down Bill Belichick in week one. That'll be a storyline around the league. Baltimore at the New York Jets. Give me the Ravens by six and a half. (sighs) Joe Flacco, revenge game. I guess you could go that route. And again, all these big lines on the road do make you a little bit nervous. It could be a very topsy-turvy week one in the NFL. But I think Lamar Jackson's playing with a chip on his shoulder. The connection between Jackson and Mark Andrews is going to be legendary this year. I think Mark Andrews has a chance to break the all-time single-season receiving record for a tight end. And uh, he's going to have a big year. So I'm not really too interested in the Jets this week. Give me the Ravens, even on the road. Jacksonville at Washington, the Commanders by three and a half. I just feel gross about this entire game, but I will take Washington at home. Uh, Jacksonville's still got some things to prove to me. Wouldn't surprise me if they get the new coach in there, Doug Peterson, and Trevor Lawrence suddenly looks like a better player. Urban Meyer definitely screwed that guy up last year. There was not a lot to like about that Jacksonville team. Uh, Not a ton to like about the Commanders, but they do have a good defense. And so I feel like young quarterback has to go on the road week one. Washington is probably going to be able to hold him down. Can Carson Wentz just do enough? with the weapons he has, and Terry McLaurin is talented. You've got a rookie, Jahan Dotson, is going to get a chance. 
Maybe we see good things from Antonio Gibson. I don't feel great about either side in this one, but I am going to side with the home team because the number, three and a half, not too exorbitant. So give me the commanders. New York Giants at the Tennessee Titans. Titans by five and a half. I feel pretty good about this one, actually. This should be probably my survivor pool pick. Now that I'm looking at it a little bit more closely, Titans getting this game at home. Uh, the Giants, I've got questions about. I like the coaching change. Brian Dable, I think, can be good there. But I just don't know that, A, you've got enough healthy pieces. It's always a question for Kadarius Toney. Uh, what Daniel Jones will you end up getting? That's a question mark as well. Kenny Galladay is probably nothing. What a disappointment that signing has been. Whereas on the other side, I know the Titans have question marks, but I like Mike Vrabel. I believe that Ryan Tannehill can manage a good enough game. He can get the ball where it needs to go to put the points on the board. Oh, yeah, you've got Derrick Henry as well. So I feel pretty good about the Titans. I, I had placed it as, what was my eliminator pick? I had Denver as my eliminator pick. We'll get to them. They're the Monday night game at Seattle. But I think I might need to change it to the Titans because that feels about as safe as it gets at home, getting five and a half. They should probably be able to win that one outright at a minimum. Pretty good defense, pretty good head coach. I feel good about that one. Tennessee minus five and a half. Kansas City, we got the Chiefs at the Arizona Cardinals. Chiefs are favored by three and a half, according to what I'm picking here. I actually think the Cardinals can keep that close enough. I think it's a one-point win by the Chiefs between one and three. Like, it's a close game. Doesn't get too high scoring, necessarily. It's going to be a weird one. Chiefs have to go on the road. There's going to be some discomfort with that, some discomfort with the fact that there is no Tyreek Hill this season. But I do think the ancillary pieces in that offense behind Travis Kelsey, I'm talking about Juju, I'm talking about as much as it pains me, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Maybe you get a little Sky Moore action in there. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire has a nice day as well. Um, those guys can make the difference offensively, whereas the Cardinals, they're missing guys. Rondale Moore's not going to play. You've got Hopkins suspended for the first six games. I love the connection between Kyler and Hollywood Brown, but if I am comparing these two defenses, I don't know if the Cardinals are really going to stop anybody. J.J. Watt is uh, unlikely to play in the game, whereas I think that Chiefs defense is maybe going to be a little bit of a surprise in a positive way this week. So as much as I, I do believe that the Chiefs win this game, the Cardinals are going to get some garbage time. They're going to find a way to keep this close by the end, and I am going to take the Cardinals to cover, and uh, they got to stay within three and a half. I think they can do that. We've got our first AFC West showdown between the Chargers and the Raiders. That game is at Los Angeles. Chargers by three and a half. I think this is one that I actually do want to change. I would rather go with the Raiders, and I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but I think this is a game that you expect the Chargers to win because of that home field advantage. They really don't have a big one. I like Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers are going to be really good this year. But at the same time, man, I just don't know. I, I think people are counting out the, the Raiders when they maybe shouldn't. When they maybe should recognize that they added Devontae Adams, that Derek Carr is a pretty capable quarterback, and they're going to be motivated coming into the season because I think in that AFC West, they're kind of the afterthought. And they're a team that made the playoffs last year. So I had the Chargers written down, but the more I think about it, I think I'm going I'm going Raiders. Give me Raiders plus a three and a half on the road. Green Bay Packers at Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are underdogs by one and a half, and I love Minnesota in this spot. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to be a huge upgrade for that offense, and they've got good pieces. Like Kirk Cousins is a solid quarterback. He's not great. He's not elite. He is solid, though. And he's in that Matt Stafford tier where – you saw what Stafford's move to Los Angeles to the Rams did for him last year. They won the Super Bowl. Kevin O'Connell was there as the offensive coordinator. 
Sean McVay looked like a dummy in week one against the Bills, so maybe O'Connell was a smart guy. I know it's probably not the case, but I trust the offenses he's going to bring and implement in Minnesota where you have these talented pieces, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, but they need to go to a more up-tempo, passing-oriented offense. I think they're going to do that. And Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, these guys are going to be the stars of the show. And Cousins is going to put those guys in positions to succeed. Whereas the Packers, they they don't really know who's going to receive the ball from Aaron Rodgers. If you're telling me Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins is your answer, I'm not into that. I need to see the rookies like Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, or maybe the old trusty tight end Robert Tunyon, who I think is going to play in this game. I need to see those guys step up for the Green Bay Packers. I do like the backfield. They've got the the single best backfield in the NFL in Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. But I don't think that's going to be enough on the road at Minnesota. The Vikings are going to come out and show people that they're serious about taking on this NFC North challenge this season. And I think the Vikings could potentially win that division. I still have the Packers, but they're going to be a little shell-shocked after week one. Give me Minnesota plus one and a half, and I actually think Minnesota wins the game outright. Then we get to Sunday night football. Buccaneers at Dallas. I am concerned about the Cowboys. Very concerned about the Cowboys. This line I see is Bucks by one and a half, easily on Tampa Bay. And I would even take Tampa at the number that it currently is up to, which I believe is two and a half. I don't know, man. The offensive line, you lose Tyron Smith. No Michael Gallup for this game. Amari Cooper is gone. Can CeeDee Lamb be that true alpha dog? I love CeeDee Lamb. But we do have to acknowledge that we haven't seen it from him on a full basis yet in two years. He's just kind of come along. There's been glimpses and flashes. What's going to happen when he is the entire game playing offensively that the other side says, we stop that guy, we stop them all. And you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have a very good defense. They could potentially stop that guy. They stopped Ezekiel Elliott last year in the opening game. So what's the running game for Dallas look like behind a depleted offensive line? And is Dak fully healthy, ready to go? I have some questions. I'm a little nervous. The game's at Dallas, but I'm taking the Bucks. I trust what they've got going on there a little better. I, we don't know if Chris Godwin's playing, though I saw a report that Schefter said he was. Maybe it was erroneous, maybe not. I, I like the Bucks though, to win this game. And one and a half here is not enough points to take me off of them. So give me Tampa on the road. And then Monday Night Football. I'm all in on the Broncos. Like I mentioned, they were going to be my survivor pick. I may stick with that. I may go back to the Titans. I feel like that's the better play to take a home team, but I am not high on Seattle this year. Love me some Tyler Lockett. Metcalf is a great receiver, but man, it's Geno Smith. And I think their defense is going to be not the kind of defense that a Pete Carroll team needs to be successful. He wants to ground and pound, run the ball, control the clock. You're not going to be able to do that with this defense. I think they're going to get beat too often. And Russell Wilson, he knows how to beat him. He was their quarterback for a long time. Now he's with Denver. You like that storyline, that narrative to begin the, the season. I think it's going to be a big night for Cortland Sutton, big night for Javante Williams. Uh, the Broncos are going to be a team to, to reckon with this season. I have said on the big show on KTGR that of all the AFC West teams that could challenge the Chiefs, to me, the Broncos, even though they finished last, their fourth place last year, they're the one I'd be most concerned about if I'm KC because the Broncos had everything last year but a quarterback, and with Teddy Bridgewater, they still won seven games. I think the defense is dynamite. I think the pass-catching weapons in Sutton and Judy and Albert O, the former Mizzou guy, could even be a factor, plus Javante Williams in the backfield. Everything is set. It's just a matter of can they get that quarterback play. New coach Nathaniel Hackett, he's going to let Russell Wilson do things that Pete Carroll never would have dreamed of allowing when Russ was in Seattle. So I feel pretty good about, even with the minus 6.5, I feel pretty good about the Broncos on the road for Monday Night Football.
In terms of wagers that I placed, I did make a trip over to Illinois, was not able to do a whole lot, but uh, after the weekend, I had Kentucky money line. I did have Mizzou plus a seven and a half. Like I said, not feeling too good about that situation, but Kentucky helped me out. Uh, I had that under in the Bills game. A couple of props that I threw on the Bills game didn't pan out. And then I think the one wager still pending is that one NFL on Sunday. Baltimore at the Jets. I've got the Ravens minus the six and a half. I just, like I said, I don't really think there's really much to to like about the Jets right now. They've got some young pieces offensively. Joe Flacco is going to manage the game. But as long as that Ravens offense, that passing offense and the running of Lamar Jackson does what it should, the Ravens should blow these guys out. What I don't want to see is you give the ball to Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis and bums, old guys like that. Just let Lamar do his thing. Hook up with Rashad Bateman. Hook up with Mark Andrews. Isaiah Likely, please let Isaiah Likely be in the game because I've got him on pretty much every fantasy bench as a flyer. And I may even decide to start him in one of my leagues where I, I lost George Kittle to injury. He's probably not playing for uh, the Niners. But in addition to my pool, these were all my picks, but I do have the Ravens by six and a half on Sunday. So we'll see how that pans out. We'll try to make this a weekly thing. I'm going to put this one on the B-Shape Daily feed, uh, the regular podcast feed, but future episodes, if you like what you hear, will be on the Patreon. So if you're interested in checking that out in the future, head to patreon.com slash bshafer12 and uh, give it a listen. See what you think. Support the podcast. B-Shape Daily remains something free, but this is something extra I'm trying to do. Uh, to make it a little more worth my while when I do the podcast every night, spend a lot of time on it, and would like to begin to monetize that. So you can support it and help keep the thing rolling along, especially during Cardinals season, postseason, everything like that, and adding a little bit to it as well as we dive into a little bit of football and sports gambling as well. And so this was sort of the dry run to delve into some of these topics. Let me know what you think about it at bshafer 12 on Twitter. Shoot me a direct message. What do you want to hear in the sports betting and the fantasy football, those sorts of spaces as we go along, because eventually baseball season will be over, and we'll have to occupy our time some other way in the offseason. I love football. I love college basketball. Dabble in the NBA as well. Hockey season will be going on. So let me know what you would like to hear from this space, and I'll try to make it yours uh, by doing exactly that. But appreciate you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.